Hey everybody, thanks for listening to this episode of My First Sketch. I'm Josh Heil. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to the show, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud. Get it automatically, download it right away. If you like the Stitcher app, you'll find it there as well. It'd be really cool if you rate it five stars and leave a review on whatever platform you choose. Like the podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash myfirstsketch. Follow along on Twitter at myfirstsketch. Head to myfirstsketch.com where I'll post any of the videos that we talk about on today's episode. Any questions, thoughts, recommendations, feel free to email me at josh at myfirstsketch.com and I'll get back to you. We're a few weeks away from Philly Sketch Fest. Tickets are on sale, including a full weekend pass. And since I'm a fan of custom URLs, I made it easy for you. Myfirstsketch.com slash tickets will take you to all the links. Everything's there. Also, at Philly Sketch Fest, we're hosting a podcast mixer. Saturday, June 1st, it starts at 2 p.m. We're going to go to Tattooed Mom on South Street. We'll grab some food. We'll grab some drinks. Have two live podcast tapings. A live My First Sketch. And then Bad Medicine is coming up from Washington, D.C. And they will host a live Sketch Nerds. So come hang out before the shows that night at Ruba Club and have a little extra fun. Today's guest is Sam Rogal. Sam is coming to Philly Sketch Fest with a show called A Walking Tour of Mag's Corner. His first sketch is called Gary, the guy who poops himself when he sneezes. Sam reads the roles of Gary and the announcer. I read the roles of Denise and the server. And I'll give you all the stage directions that you need to know. So let's go to the sketch. Gary, the guy who poops himself when he sneezes. Gary and Denise sit at a table in a nice restaurant. Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to present to you the adventures of Gary, the guy who poops himself when he sneezes. Tonight's adventure, Gary, the guy who poops himself when he sneezes, goes on a date. Oh, Gary, this is such a nice place. You know, when you first asked me out, I was a little hesitant, but I'm really glad I'm here. Well, I'm happy, Denise. I, I think this is uh, I think this date is going really well. I agree. And I think it will be even better tonight back at my place. Oh, well, maybe we should get our food to go. <laughs> maybe. A waiter enters with two pl- plates of some sort of food and a pepper shaker. He puts the plates down in front of Gary and Denise. Fresh pepper for the lady? Oh, yes, please. He grinds pepper on her food. And for the sir? No, thank you. Oh, Gary, it's really good with pepper. I'm fine. The chef recommends a little pepper. I just really don't like pepper, so no pepper for me. Just a little pepper? No, zero pepper. Okay. My pepper grinder is pretty dusty anyway. He blows dust off the shaker and into the face of Gary. Oh, no, no, please, God. Oh, God. Oh, no. Uh, oh. Bless you, sir. And the waiter exits. Oh, you bastard. Uh, Are you all right, Gary? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super duper. Okay. She takes a bite of her food. Oh, my God, this is so good. You have to try this. Oh, I, I'm good. It's got all that pepper on it, so. Oh, come on. I'll feed it to you. She awkwardly forces the food into his mouth. Oh, so much pepper. Chew! Oh, Heavenly Father. Oh, Sweet, dear Lord, it, it burns. What? The uh, the food is, is so hot that, that it burns. Oh. What's that smell? Uh, well, uh, what, uh, what smell? I don't, I don't smell anything. You don't smell that? It smells like someone took a shit underneath the table twice. You know, it's so weird because I, sm- I don't smell anything. You seem to be sweating a lot. Well, yes, there's something warm in my... It's, it's just, it's, it's warm in here. The waiter re-enters. Excuse me. Yes, is everything... Oh, oh my god. It sounds like someone pooped themselves. I know, but I can't figure out what it is. Uh, it's so weird that you guys smell something because I do not smell anything. <laughs> hmm. It seems to be coming from around the sir's chair. Really? The waiter and Denise go over and smell around Gary's chair. You know, uh, I think I, I have to go to the bathroom. Gary stands up. 
Oh my god! It's like the snow just got unleashed! Oh, it's like it's everywhere! You know what, Denise? Uh, why don't we just go? I thought you had to go to the bathroom. I, I did. No, I, I did actually go to the bathroom. I mean, that at one point I, I had to go and, and, and now I don't. I didn't go to the bathroom sitting at the table. That's crazy. You're crazy. Uh, let's just go back to your place and maybe on the way stop at a pants store, you know, for fun. Okay, sounds like a plan. Gary begins to exit, but does so in the most excruciatingly awkward way ever. Sir, did you poop yourself? Yes. This has been another adventure in the life of Gary, the guy who poops himself when he sneezes. Hey, Sam. Hey. All right, so tell me about Gary, the man who poops himself when he sneezes. Uh, well, so I, you know, when uh, when you said when you like proposed this first sketch that's not like the first sketch i ever wrote but it is it is the first one i wrote solo uh it's the first one that i did completely on my own um and i wrote it for my college sketch group uh my freshman year uh of college uh and Uh, you know where was this what was this group uh it was from um i went to marymount manhattan college uh on the upper east side in in new york um and it was okay so our name is actually uh not a funny story uh but when i joined when i joined the group uh they were called the pop tards uh yeah and uh (laughs) after my freshman year a professor uh, completely correctly complained about our name, uh, so we had to change it to Comedy Schmomedy. Uh, okay. Yeah, which, you know, is a fine name, certainly better than the previous one. Um, but yeah, you know, yeah. I was like uh, very... I, I had done sketch um, at summer camp. Uh, I went to a summer camp for 10 years that was like a performing arts camp, and I did a lot of comedy there. Um so I had like some sketch experience. I also wrote a sketch show uh, in high school with a friend of mine um, for like so, the stage or. Yeah, it was uh, it was actually for our senior project. They let us. So essentially, like the last two weeks of senior year in my high school, the s- seniors are like, you know, everyone's already accepted to colleges that, you know, you've already most of them didn't need to take exams. So you're sort of allowed to do a project of your choosing. Uh, a okay. lot of people do like community service or like, uh, you know, will like write like a longer, like a book, not a book, but like a thesis essay, you know, sure. like a longer yeah. form thing. Uh, so my friend and I like pitched our school on letting us write and perform a sketch show. And they said yes, which surprised both of us a lot. Um, but so I, I had that like sort of under my belt as like a full show I put up. Um and so I had some experience, you know, I wasn't going to college like completely green in terms of sketch, uh, but I had never, like I said, everything I'd written before was like a collaboration with someone. Um, mm-hmm. So for this, <laughs> this is me finally getting to spread my wings <laughs> and, you know, like really tackle my true art. Um, this is my voice, damn it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, there's nothing more or less to it than, I mean, it, it is actually, I mean, this is kind of gross, but, uh, sort of loosely based on a true story, um, oh, no. in that I once, uh, had to go to high, I, I had to go to school when I was really sick because, uh, I was in the play. Um, I was like a theater kid in school too. Mm. High school, this is, uh, and they were filming. I would assume that since you did perform in arts camps and everything, yeah, that exactly you're, that you weren't going to ignore the theater system in your high school. <laughs> really, yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, I I had to go to school because there was a rule that if you didn't attend, you couldn't do any yeah. after school activity. You know, which is very common. So I was like really sick. I had a sinus <laughs> infection. I had like a fever and I was like I just need to go for like the minimum hours of school. So I like got there like late and left like an hour early, which technically still counted towards school, but I still had to be there nice. for like 5 hours, you know. Um and I was just really sick and I was sitting in the library uh and I sneezed and straight up like <laughs> like I pooped myself. And oh, I was like, no. I have to go and like deal with this. It was a miserable day. It was one of the most miserable days of my life. Um, 
but so yeah were, and I was like, were other people aware no it, it was okay. like it was <laughs> contained it wasn't like enough. a full, like yeah right it, like whenever people say that they poop themselves like i'm not like i think everyone expects it to be like this big giant like and not just like oh a little came out like yeah it was it was like a, a step above like a shark you know okay, yeah um but yeah and then that sort of obviously that memory like stuck in my head <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and I was like, oh, like, I'll use this for comedy. And that's sort of how Gary was born. Um, now, when I did this in college, it was like, a, it was very, it, it went really well, like when we staged it. Um, and everyone in the sketch group really liked it. So I wrote more of these. I like, <laughs> I like sort of turned him into like my like, a recur- like a full, like SNL recurring character. Yeah. Like, yeah. I yeah. imagine. Uh, he was like my church lady. Um, and, um, for my last show, uh, that I did as a senior in college, I wrote three of them, uh, sort of like a little, I wrote one called Gary begins, which was him as a little kid having this happen to him for the first time. And then I wrote a second one where it was like him refusing to admit it to somebody who like knew, uh, and it was about like him, like not accepting who he was. (laughs) And then in the third one. He stops a bank robbery by shitting himself to death. And so I killed him <laughs> off. And it was like this. I was like, truly, I was like, this, uh, this is my art. <laughs> like, uh, this is my magnum opus. Like, uh, if it hadn't been my last show, there's no way they would have let me do that to take up like 12 pages, <laughs> you know, to fucking tell this story about a guy who poops himself. But it, re- yeah, it was my signature sketch in, in college. So, like, how many did you like of this character did you do? I think counting that last one as one, I think I wrote at least three others, probably in between those. I tried to like only okay. do one a year, just because okay. you know, just for the sake of giving everybody a break from this. And you know, there's only there's only so many places you can put this guy. Um, yeah. But I did like a job interview one. Um, where else? I think I did a doctor's office one at some point. Um, but this, this was like, quote unquote, the best one. (laughs) Like, I don't know if I ever recaptured like, um, the stakes of this, I think are like the cleanest, uh, you know, like the romantic aspect is like, it's hard to, uh, heighten that much more, you know? Um, uh, but yeah. Uh, so you mentioned being, you know, a theater kid, like, uh, where does that start? I mean, honestly, like. I, since like kindergarten, like I was always, uh, always, always wanted to perform, always had like that performance bug, you know, any, any opportunity that I had to perform and be funny, you know, it was always about comedy for me. Um, you know, even like being like the ringmaster in my first grade, like circus performance. Um, I was, so I went to an all boys elementary school. Um, That's fun. Yeah, kind (laughs) of. And uh, they put on plays every year. uh, But because young boys can sing really high, um, they never shied away from like female driven shows and just had the boys play girls. Uh, So I played Miss Hannigan in uh, my elementary school's production of Annie. Um, What grade is this? First grade. First grade. Oh, my gosh. That feels way too uh like intense for first grade to me oh yeah and we did i was hoddle and fiddler on the roof we did a fiddler goodness i mean it was like it was always like whatever you know how they have like junior version of musicals Mm, yeah sure you know like annie junior fiddler junior where it's like there's like less nazis in our fiddler i guess um but yeah those are the only two like women i played i think everything else i was a man but i always did those and i always want you know there were kids who like if they did it, they did it kind of because they were forced to, you know, but I was always the one who was like, yeah, like I'll be hodl, like whatever you got, like I'll take it, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah. And then once I started attending, I went to a camp called Bucks Rock um, in New Milford, Connecticut, um, where it's like the first time I did improv and sketch was there. Um, and I started going when I was 12 uh, and they had a really strong improv and sketch program. I was really lucky to have found that there and like, you know, it was a place where, uh, the, the campers were 12 to like 15. 
So, you know, when you're there as a 12 year old, it's, you know, you're with a lot of like teenagers. So it was a place where I like grew up fast, you know, and uh, was exposed to kids who were really good comedians at like 15 and 16. Um, And uh, some who like went on to be like famous actors. Like I went there, Ezra Miller was there while I was there. Um, oh, that's cool. It was the flash uh, Griffin Newman. Who's my friend who's on the tick now. Uh, nice. was, yeah. So it's, um, uh, it was, it was a really serious camp, um, for, uh, performance wise. Um, so it was a place where I really like cut my teeth. And then by the time I came to New York for school and was doing more formal, uh, you know, sketch performing and improv performing in college and taking improv classes at places like Magnet and UCB. Like I, I had a lot of experience under my belt when I walked into those like level one, you know, classes. Mm. Uh, I, I feel like sometimes when you have the experience going into the level ones, UCB can be like a double edged sword where like uh, certain people I'm sure will, like will come in like thinking they're hot stuff. I'm always like, I'm always worried about like, Oh, like, oh, I'm so good at this. I don't need to help. And like, so like, cause like even like when I did my first sketch 101, there was a part of me, like I had that nervous energy, that nervous apprehension of like, oh, what if other, you know, what if other people don't like that and stuff? But like, I still, I also had in my head, like, oh, I know what I'm doing. Like I've, I've written stuff before. It's fine. Like, yeah. Like, did you. Uh, because I mean, going through that class system, maybe we can talk about it more in depth. Like, yeah. wh- where do you, which which uh, which do you start with, Magnet or or UCB? I started with Magnet just because I had some friends who had done it. Um, okay, and then I actually was I finished the Magnet program before I started at UCB. Um, okay, so UCB UCB especially walking to that one hundred and one class. I mean, I I had also seen the type of person you're talking about in some yeah. early improv classes, like that person who walks in with experience and is like a dick about it. Um, yeah. So I really didn't want to be that, that guy. Um, so I played more like the, Oh, I will sit here and just sort of be silent. <laughs> and then when it comes time to like do stuff, I'll just, you know, kind of do it. And, you know, I think people can clock experience pretty fast. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I also don't want to like, disrupt another person's uh, you know first time doing improv you know like you don't want to uh uh if you know that this is literally you're watching people do improv for the first time which is like a terrifying prospect that i remember even when i was you know 12 doing for the first time and being terrified of it especially long form uh you don't want to also be like an intimidating factor in that room you know um yeah but I, I found, you know, um, Magnet and UCB have very different philosophies. I mean, you are, you know, it's the same thing. Improv. I mean, I'm talking specifically about improv here. I've never um, taken uh, sketch classes at either theater. Um, but uh, from an improv aspect, you know, they're teaching the same thing. They're just doing it uh, in different ways. And both are legitimate ways to learn. Um, and I honestly think that, like... Uh, you know, you can get away. You don't have to do both. And one is not necessarily better than the other. They're just like different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, bef- like before we go like deeper into uh, the start of your career, what were you into growing up? Like what were you watching? What made you laugh? Uh, well, you know, it's funny because when I really thought about like, gosh, what was like the actual first sketch I wrote, which was with my same friend, uh, uh, we were in middle school. Um, and we wrote a sketch, which I think answers this question, uh, which was called the many faces of Will Ferrell. <laughs> okay. And it was just me and three other friends, uh, each playing one of Will Ferrell's SNL characters. And just, it, we just like took it. We, we just like stole his lines from SNL, you know, it was, uh, so, I mean, but that was like, Saturday Night Live was a huge, huge, uh, thing for me. You know, it, it was that first thing that felt like, oh, I'm watching like adult comedy. Like this is what adults, you know, find funny. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's, I, I feel like it's a universal sort of rite of passage, especially in, uh, in America for, uh, yeah, I, you know, fully agree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and he at the, you know, Will Ferrell at the time was, was the guy, you know, for so long on that show. Uh, when I, from when I first started watching, you know, through to when he left, 
you know, he was the guy and, and he like that, uh, SNL, you know, Anchorman, uh, those things were like, hit me, hit me at the right time. Uh, so he was, uh, a big, you know, a big, uh, figure in for me. Uh, so I ask everybody this question and I feel like I already know the answer. Uh, who's your favorite SNL cast member? I mean, <laughs> it's probably him, but you know, that, that could just be a timing thing. Like, uh, I think that, I mean, I love that show. I've probably, you know, I've watched every episode since I was that age up until now. Um, I think there's always great people on that show. I mean, it's, you know, it sort of can be everybody's favorite punching bag in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. But I do think that, I think the quality is always higher. Uh, I feel like it's like a hindsight is always twenty twenty with SNL. You know, I feel like. Oh, oh, abs- oh absolutely. Yeah. Like. 100%. I think even I think in the show they think that like yeah. uh some as documentary and I, I know I've said it before uh cuz I, I definitely nerd out about Saturday Night Live but like one of the writers one of the head writers like historically has said that your favorite cast will be the cast when you were a sophomore in high school. Yeah, which which was that And no one can change your mind about that. Yeah. Like and that for me was that like Will Will Ferrell yeah. cast, you know. Um or maybe maybe that was like towards Gosh, I don't remember exactly when he left, but maybe that was towards the end. You know, the other cast that really was big for me was like that Bill Hader, Kristen Wiig, uh, Amy Poehler, uh, those years, you know, uh, Keenan's mm-hmm. early years. Uh, oh God, his early years. Jesus. Um, I still, I was still, he's been on the show for almost two decades now. That's like crazy. it's that's fine. <laughs> I mean, I still put him as one of my favorites, uh, Keenan, uh, Hader as well. Uh, yeah, Kristen Wiig. Uh, like, uh, I think today, I mean, I loved Bobby Moynihan. I wish they had used him more when he was there. Uh, uh, I think A.D. Bryant's great. Talking about like current current cast members. Um, uh, gosh, you know, there's. I mean, it's a long list, and like, uh, I think that show. Like I said, I, I feel like you can always say, SNL five years ago was great. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like people always say that, uh, and it's like, well, it's hmm. great now. I think the show's really good now. You know. Uh, um, uh, but yeah. And I think at a certain point as, as we grow up, as we get older, you have to come to the realization that they're not writing everything for you anymore. Oh yeah. Like, like I I've said like plenty of times whenever people, other people bring them up that if they love Beck and Kyle right now, Beck and Kyle aren't for me. Really? For whatever reason, like there's certain sketches that they do, I just don't get. Mm. Like a lot of their video stuff, like early on in their in their tenure, like does was nothing for me. So like, do it you was not click with five minutes of? Sorry, do you not, do I not click with oh, with their like yeah. fake sitcomy uh, sketch oh, that they do? I don't get it at all. Mm, that's interesting. It's not a it's it's not a thing for me at all. Some of their live sketches that they've done recently, like the two brothers that run down the scare, the stairs in their underwear, yeah. And they get hosed off. That's funny to me for some reason. But I think that was a one. But the fake sitcoms don't work. Yeah, for I, me. I think that that the hosing down the brothers was a one shot. I don't know. I don't know why they. Tried I think they had done it a second time. Well, I think they 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 did do it a second time, right? Yeah, yeah. I and think so. I was like, why why are we doing this a second time? Like it's. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like they're they're having. Oh, the second time clearly wasn't as good as the first, but yeah, uh, which happens. You know, you, you can't always squeeze two sketches out of everything. Uh, yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, I I, uh, I I agree that like you have to understand that Lauren especially is always trying to make that show for as many people as possible. He is trying mm-hmm. to paint with as broad a brush as he can, and that means that like like you're saying, like not everything is not for everyone, but there's something in the show for you. You know, it's an yes. hour and a half long show. I mean, I, I think the other issue with Saturday Night Live that like rears its head every now and again is this weird, like seven minute rule they have with sketches. Cause like, I I feel like every sketch they do because of like the way commercial breaks work is like, is longer than it needs to be, you know? Cause they have to fit it. And sometimes they'll do like a five minute sketch, then like a two minute video. And I feel like that is like stronger, but I would love to see them do like 30 second long sketches, you know, which is something that like, I feel like they've never even really tried to do in a real way um, to break up that format a little bit now after 45 years. But like, 
I don't know. I, I'm still going to watch. I'm going to watch no matter what, you know? Yeah, you're right. Like, because they're, they, you know, they're dealing with advertising and segment times. Like it is either a seven minute, very long sketch. And I always say that the, the family feud sketches, like as fun as the impressions are, they take so long Ugh. to be anything to get to just like, let everyone say like two lines in an impression yeah. as an impressionist, you know? And ha- and half of those times, like those impressions are aren't as good as you'd want them to be. Like, uh, but like, yeah, you never get like that almost that blackout sketch, that quick bang bang joke in and out kind of thing. It's either it's going to be you know five and two, three and four, yeah. whatever it is. Like, for sure, absolutely. Uh, um, but I also think they have a really good like young crop of writers on like. Um, you know, Anna Dresden and Bowen Yang, uh, who I know from Story Pirates, are writers on it now. And I think that they are oh, Julio Torres as well. Uh, and this like young group of writers who I think are giving the show a, a new voice and, uh, uh, you know, sort of taking it uh, <clears throat> a little bit in a new direction as they are able to take the reins more and more. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, you know, I think it's only going to get better. Yeah, and I think the idea that, like, I mean, Lauren's been at the show for forever, like, and he's, like, at 70-something years old, where he's gotten to the point where he can, like, let go. He's like, yeah, I don't get this either, but, you know, the kids seem to like it. Yeah. So that's fine. And I think he's willing to do that. There's definitely stuff. I'm sure there's stuff on that show that he doesn't, like, get, quote-unquote, as much as he used to. Um, Yeah. And he has to be okay with that. He also eventually has to be okay with stepping aside. And, like, who knows what the uh, how how that's going to be handled like whether it's like when lauren goes the show goes or if it's like do we find some super young like uh, hot shot no you know? no what, my theory for when lauren leaves i i honestly believe that uh late night is just a holding pattern for seth myers really yeah i think seth it's gonna be seth's show when lauren's finally done oh god that'd be great uh, I mean, that, that's my theory. That's my thought. If he's willing to, and I think that's why their uh, NBC just announced that Lily Singh is doing the show after Seth. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, uh, and then she like, I, my theory is that she's going to get a couple years in that and take over late night. I mean, I love that. Like, I think Seth's like the five year plan in my head. I think Seth. I could be entirely wrong. No, no. no. But, I think Seth could do a great job. I think when he was head writer, the show was awesome. Like. I think that is like a golden age a little bit. And uh, I mean, the question, I think the only like thing I think there is like, is Seth willing to give up being on camera and having that show really like, I love his late show. I think that's, you know, the, the best like late night talk show, in my opinion, like that's the one that I look forward to watching the most. Um, Mm. And I, yeah, I just like, the question is like, Cause that's also, it's like being Pope, like those jobs, except for poor Conan, it's a lifetime job, you know? So, uh, the question is like, is he, is he going to be willing to part with it? You know? Uh, I mean, maybe he will, maybe, you know, who knows? Well, I, and I think that SNL, I think SNL would be the thing that would, because even when he became head writer on SNL, he basically just did update at that point. Yeah. Like he'd stop performing and he's even said in interviews that like, he infinitely wanted to be a writer more than a performer. Like and it was, he's talked about never really being comfortable in sketches. I've heard him, yeah, yeah, say that on on air. So yeah, I mean, you know, I think that'd be. I I feel like they would have to. It, whoever it will be, it'll be an in house person. It'll be someone who yeah. has worked on the show a lot. Yeah, time. they're not going to make the mistake again of hiring Gene Dominion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> from uh. I, actually, I think she did work for the show, but I think it was a, it wasn't a creative capacity. Yeah, when she was hired in 1980. Oh, God, as I again nerd out about the history. Of well, did you, uh, uh, did you watch when they re-aired the Luke Perry episode? No. So after he died, they because they usually like air like an hour long edit rerun before the yeah. show, you know, on Saturdays on NBC, and they aired like an hour long version of his episode which was from like, you know, the early nineties. And I was like, Oh, this is so interesting. Like, you know, cause comedy central stopped airing those reruns, which I used to like devour. And I was like, it's been mm. so long since I've watched like a really old episode of SNL. 
uh, and I watched it and it was like, first of all, it was like pretty difficult to get through. Like it was tough. <laughs> those, some of those old ones are like tough. It's also so weird to see like a sketch where Dana Carvey has like one line as like an extra, you know? <laughs> mm. And the other thing that was crazy about it was Phil Hartman was the like funny character in every single sketch. And I, it was probably because they edited it. Like they definitely cut sketches out, but every sketch that they kept in, Phil Hartman was like the funny character in it and the anchor of the sketch. And, you know, it's funny to like be like, oh, yeah, he was that he was that guy. The SNL always has like a that guy or that person, you know, uh, yeah. whether that was fit. like if they do the credits alphabetically, but <laughs> yeah. every season there should be someone that's first. Yeah, really? And, like, and yeah. yeah. And like it was like I feel like it went from like Farrell to Polar to Wig and then maybe like Hater had like a little bit of it. Sudeikis definitely had a run. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um Yeah, I I mean, you know, I don't know I don't know who I would say is now. I don't know if they've maybe Cecily Strong, maybe. I'd say either her or Keenan. Yeah, Keenan. It might be Keenan. I mean, did you see the um God we are <laughs> <laughs> we're clearly both like you just okay. said totally so great um did you see the electric shoes sketch yes that is i was because i love what's up with that i was a big what's up with that mm -hmm. fan. i was like oh they're just like just do what's up with that like we don't like it's the same you're doing the same joke you know like why why are we packaging this joke in a different why can't we just bring what's up with that back well, most of the other people that are around, what's up? What's up with that? Are gone. Yeah, so. yeah. I guess who did? I, I guess, I guess maybe uh, Beck doing the Running Man isn't as funny as Jason Sudeikis is no. doing the Running and Man. And who can play Lindsay Buckingham not speaking? You know, except for Bill Hader. <laughs> my dream, uh, it, my dream is that when Keenan leaves, that his last episode is just an hour and a half of What's Up with That. That they just make the whole <laughs> episode. They just like having the commercial breaks. They have the band like play within the show you know um and just like keenan be like the quote-unquote host i mean he's been on for 20 years i think i think if we get to the last episode this year and, and what's up comes what's up with that happens we all know he's done yeah like i feel like that's gonna be like his final like that's gonna be like his final show gift i just it's another what's up with i that. just feel like every year there's the rumor that it's keenan's last year and but i just i don't know if he like, I've also been trying to think, like, okay, if Keenan does leave SNL, like, what, what is that next project for him? Is he going to be one of those, like, great SNL cast members who just, like, vanishes? Because, like, I really, I don't see him being, like, the lead in movies, like a comedy, you know, like, like sort of the feral route of, like, let's make a million comedies. I guess, like, yeah. maybe you do, like, the sitcom, like, the funny sitcom thing, but, like, has that worked for any SNL cast member? Like, has any SNL cast member gone to a sitcom and, like, flourished there? Like, like immediately after the show? Yeah. Um, Because, like, Tracy Morgan had the Tracy Morgan show immediately after. They got canceled. I mean, he... Yeah, I can't think of anything. Yeah. I can't think of anything. Like, he was on 30 Rock, that but... Immediately successful. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a tough transition. I guess, well, when did Parks and Rec premiere? That might that she might be, she might yeah, be the Parks one. Rec might be the, the closest exa example to that. Yeah. I mean, which is another show that near very nearly got canceled. Probably got saved yes. by the writer strike. You know. Yeah. Uh. But yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. You're right. Yeah. It might be Parks and Rec. Uh. But it's either way. It's rare. It's rare for a person. Yes. Oh, it's you know. It's very rare because like even when you're not even the lead on the show, like I remember Tim Meadows left. To be the side banana on uh, Michael Richards. Oh yeah, sitcom. Yeah, yeah. And that was gone within like three weeks. Yeah, the Seinfeld curse. Yeah, which it turns like, out is the two is just Jason Alexander and Michael Richards. It's, it's the Seinfeld male. Yeah, curse. really. Like no one likes those two guys. Like that's the curse, you know. Like Jerry's been fine since Seinfeld went off the air, you know. Jason Alexander's been fine too. Just TV hasn't been. Yeah, his friend. Very kind to him. But he can go to the stage. That's fine. Is that what he's been doing? Has he been like a? Yeah, he. Oh, he. I don't know if he did WTF. He did one of the podcasts recently where he's just like, yeah, I've been 
on theaters and he's actually like talked about like doing like corporate like speaking and emceeing gigs and he's like they pay amazingly for four hours work like yeah that's what uh that's what dana carvey did for a long time he did corporate shows and said you can just make a fortune doing it if you're any sort of name yeah i always forget that like sometimes when you don't see somebody it's just because they're doing other things like just like less visual things yeah 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 because there's such a a whole nother world of like touring colleges i'm not in college anymore i don't care who's going to colleges anymore like you know of the comedians i i did had a, um, an episode that I released where we talked about Dane Cook for five, ten minutes. And I was like, Dane Cook's name hasn't come up <laughs> at all in the last five years. Like, except, but he's still doing stuff. And then, like, that story popped up about him dating like a 19 year old, like maybe last year. Like, that's the only, not, it's not even like a comedy related story. It was just like, this is weird. Dane Cook is 40 <laughs> and like dating like a 19 year old. Ugh. Uh, okay. Uh, we've nerded out entirely too well not too much because i can keep going (laughs) yeah forever but um so where do you start after college i mean you mentioned going to magnet first yeah yeah so that's um i like started taking some classes in college but it was a little tough to like balance because you know i didn't want to wake up early to take classes so (laughs) a lot of my classes were like the afternoon and evenings which is when improv classes are um, so I was just like, I just waited, I graduated and then I went through magnet, um, got on a, a house team there, a megawatt team. Um, and then started at UCB, uh, and you know, just like, sort of like grind. I did, uh, exclusively improv for a while. It was a while till I sort of between college and, uh, the sketch teams I'm on now, there's a pretty big gap where I didn't do sketch just cause I, liked improv more um but you know i have as when i rejoined uh the sketch program in 2017 at magnet um it really made me i realized how much i missed it how much i liked sketch how much i liked writing sketch and performing sketch not only my own work but like you know performing other people's work writing for other people um stuff like that and and i was just like oh like this is so great and i uh you know, my team, I've been lucky that, you know, I've been on this house team at Magnet. Uh, we're called the Nitro Girls. Um, okay. And we've uh, managed to stick around for a long time. We were on Mondays, which is like their house team sketch night. Uh, and then we got moved to Fridays. We like became like a weekend sketch team, which was a really cool thing for us. Um, and uh, we're still on Fridays if you're over in New York City. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and so through that, I was just like, Oh, like I love doing sketch. I started uh, my fiance, uh, Elena Scopetos, uh, who's also performing at Philly Sketch Fest with the executives who are the other magnet oh, cool. uh, weekend team. Uh, nice. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. Right. I've talked to a couple of magnet, other, other magnet people so far in this process. Okay. And for whatever reason, Nature Girls keeps popping well, up. Well, yeah. Well, we're, we're, I'm just like, <laughs> we're infectious. <laughs> I was like, I, I guess I have to look out for Nature Girls and see who, <laughs> who they are. Just uh, who have you talked to? Uh, a couple of people from Milwaukee, oh, okay. um, Kate yes, Shine. Yes. Um, yeah, they're, they're, oh gosh, I, know, I feel awful because I'm going to, no, it's okay. Names. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Kate I Shine, you on spot. uh, Ben Koch, Virginia Dickens. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. Like, and they're great. Um, and, uh, yeah. Um, the, this Magnus sketch program, which is like, uh, a newer program for them. Um, definitely mm-hmm. they haven't been doing it nearly as long as they've been doing improv has really like sort of found its feet the last like few years and uh it's really a strong program uh and the uh, uh Lene, who's on the nitro girls is actually the head of the sketch program now at magnet which is really cool um but uh yeah you know it's uh it's been a blast and uh oh like like i was saying my my fiance uh hosts a character show at magnet so i've been like doing a lot more like character writing for myself and that's sort of what led me to the show that I am doing at uh, Philly Sketch Fest? Um, but yeah. But before we go to that, what what propels you to? I don't know if, if it's submit a package, audition, whatever it is, for you to get to Nitro Girls. Uh, you know, I I think it was seeing um, Elena um, on the executives for so long, you know, and wa- watching Sketch. It just it you know watching 
uh, her do it and watching her write and, you know, all that stuff, it made me like, it gave me that itch. And especially like watching sketch always makes me think of sketches. I I mean, it's, it's, you know, a a natural thing to like Mm -hmm. um, see it and either be like, and, and, you know, allow your brain to sort of wander. Uh, It always helps me come to new ideas you know, like, oh, like this person's doing this joke. And then like, oh, if I walk down that path in a different direction and then walk down this other thing, like, you know, it leads me to this new idea. Um, And so, yeah, I really was watching her do that. And like, just thinking of sketches being like, oh, like I have no place, I have no outlet for these if I think of a sketch anymore. Um, And so that's what really, uh, I was like, yeah, like, let's give this a try. And like, worst case scenario, I'm on a team for, you know, a few months and it doesn't work and I can always walk away. but it just it clicked and I really liked my team and like we we had a lot of good shows and, you know, uh, the it's just, uh, you know, as I've been on, it took me four failed ha- house improv teams before I was on one that worked and that lasted a long time. And I, I you know, I don't know what your experience with like house teams is, but, you know, it's like. It's like not the family you choose; it's the family you're assigned to. Oh, I'm I'm terrified of house. Really? <laughs> I'm absolutely like I I stopped. Really? Uh, for the for the theaters here in Philadelphia, I stopped submitting because the idea of working with people I don't like. Yeah, but just the even remote chance. No, no, no. Of it's that it's scary. Terrifying. Oh, absolutely. Me. And you like it's a tough situation because you're like, well, there's it's it's so risky because like you could be miserable because you don't like people there and if you're miserable and everybody else is having a good time you're gonna you're gonna break the mood you know you're gonna be the one who like is the problem on the team even though you have every terrifying and like you have every right in the world to be miserable an individual has every right in the world to not click with a team when everyone else is clicking uh but that's a very tough situation to be in you know um and so i've got i was like unlucky on improv that it took me a while to find a team where we all clicked and we all worked and you know, it was, it was good. Uh, but I was very fortunate on sketch, uh, to find, uh, you know, people who, uh, on just a base level, I was like, Oh, I understand and respect all of these people's different comedic points of view. And I think everybody in this room deserves to be here, you know? Um, mm. and, uh, we as a team work, you know, um, uh, yeah. So it was, it's, it's, it's lucky, you know, it's more often than not house teams don't work. Right. <laughs> so it, it's, it's, if you are, if anyone listening is on one that works, you know, be thankful. Oh, yeah, totally. If you're enjoying your time, you know, hold on yeah. to it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, okay. So from Nitro Girls, and you mentioned uh, your fiance's character show and, and creating characters for that. So tell me about a walking tour of Mag's Corner. Oh, uh, so, which I'm going to get wrong every time I oh, like, <laughs> I, I'm I had to slow down my speech to make sure I said it correctly. It's a long title. It's a, I love long titles. Don't get me started. <laughs> but uh, so, oh god. Okay, I actually have to go even farther back. Uh, I I can tell the story quickly. But um, go for it. Let's do it. So it was actually started as a show at my summer camp. So essentially, the the way okay. that Bucks Rock the comedy uh aspect of it which was called the clown shop which is a dumb name but um the way it worked is they would put up two sketch shows a year and each sketch show would have some sort of uh you know bumper overarching theme like little interstitials between sketches that were like all connected and that was usually written and performed uh by it was written by the staff by the like counselors uh, but performed by the counselors in training, the CITs who were like, uh, I don't know, you know, what people's familiarity with the inner workings of a summer camp is, but essentially like if you're a CIT, you're half camper, half counselor. So you're like, you get all the benefits of being a camper, but you also get like the responsibilities of working in the shop. Either way, if you are a CIT in a certain area, it means you have some sort of expertise in that area, right? So uh, okay. these bumpers were like sort of the way that, the shop showcased their CITs. Like these are our best kids. Uh, and this is the counselors writing like the overarching show. And then the other sketches were for the campers. Um, so when I was uh, a counselor there, we did a show uh, that was, it was my idea, but it was a sort of, it was basically an our town 
uh, parody where we just like set the sketch show in like a fake small town and the interstitials were the CITs uh, giving the audience a tour of the town. Um, and I was like, even when I was writing it at Bucks Rock, I was like, oh shit, like <laughs> this is a good idea. Um, I wish that I could take this for myself. <laughs> like, I wish I didn't have to write this for the CITs who like, um, you know, are, are, we're great. They're great. Uh, my CITs, but, uh, you know, it was still something where I was like, if I could do this on my own, I feel like I could really, really blow it out, uh, in a cool way. Mm -hmm. Um, because I love our town, the show, <laughs> um, you know, going back to being like a little bit of a theater kid, I, I, I think it's, it's a great play. And I think that it was also, um, a great baseline uh, sort of skeleton for a comedy show, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And I also, uh, so, so anyway, that idea had always kind of been in the back of my head to do that. Um, and then uh, I'm also a big Stephen King fan. Um, uh, he's okay. like one of my favorite authors and he does this amazing thing in some of his books Um where, I mean, obviously, you know, the big uh, stereotype of a Stephen King book is that it takes place in a small town in Maine, which is incredibly true. Almost all of his book takes place in Maine. Uh, but for some of them, he will go through the town and be like, this is this person. This is what they do on a daily basis. This is this person, you know, da, 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 through the whole town. And then he'll introduce X spooky element, you know, whether in Salem's Lot, it's vampires and Tommy Knockers, it's aliens. And then he'll go back through the town as this crazy, scary thing is introduced and show you how these people, how their lives are like specifically affected by it, um, which I also always liked a lot. Uh, so A Walking Tour of Mag's Corners is a uh, one main character uh, giving a tour of his hometown, Mag's Corners, uh, to an audience, to the audience. Um, but throughout it, these, you know, I sort of wanted to set it in a quote unquote, like Stephen King esque small town where all these horrible ghosts and, you know, monsters and, uh, and demons live, but there's this guy who just lives every day in this town, uh, and likes living there, you know, it's his hometown. Right. Um, so as he's giving the audience a tour, these things are popping up and he is trying his best to sell the audience um, on, on his hometown. Well, at the same time, sort of like uh, discovering, seeing in many ways, like it's about that character also seeing the town for the first time again through fresh eyes and, and realizing that you can't just like cover up all these horrible things. But it's also a comedy show. <laughs> I know it sounds like a <laughs> horror show, uh, but it, it really like, um, you know, it, it combines these two things uh, that I, I really love. And then I'm able to just like fill it uh, with jokes. You know, I, I, I like to think that like, you know, I, I wrote it and I was like, okay, let's cut away everything. That's not a setup or a joke, you know? Uh, and, mm. uh, it, it was. It took me a really long time to write, and then um, uh, I found uh, this director, Joanna Simmons, who's incredible and very. Uh, she's like she's a comedian, but she's also like a dancer. And really, the whole show, okay. um, you know, it's just me on stage, and like there's no blackouts, uh, so it it is like a physical uh, endeavor as well. Um, and the whole thing is sort of like like a dance in a lot of ways. Um, in terms of how I had to memorize where I am on the stage, you know, at all times. Um, uh, so yeah, that's, that's sort of the longish version of, of, of the origins of it. Uh, you had mentioned that it took a, a long time for you to write it. How long have you been working on it? Oh boy. I think, let me really think about this. I think that I started writing it, uh, in like December of, 2017 and then yeah so you so you've basically been working on this the entire time that you've been back in the sketch essentially world, once i started outside of your 
improv. Yeah, time. like really, like you know, I joined Nitro Girls like earlier that year in like March. Really, was when we started. And once I started that, like, oh, I'm writing again. It was like hard to stop. And then by December, I mm. had worked it out in my head enough to actually start like typing it. You know, uh, and then I worked on it. It didn't premiere between like writing it and then going to Joanna, uh, where we sort of. Um, you know, I, I did a bunch of drafts with her with like getting a second, you know, third pair of eyes on it. Um, and then mm -hmm. staging it. My first performance was August of last year of, uh, 2018. Um, yeah. Okay. And then I've done it a bunch since then. And like, it's changed and, you know, I've, uh, trimmed it down and sharpened it up and polished it. And, you know, uh, I think I got it like festival ready. Um, uh, yeah, but it, it definitely is like a, it was a labor of love and so, you know, that uh, show I did at Bucks Rock with those kids, that was 2010. So it's something that's like been in my head a really long time. Um, just the basic structure of it. Uh, so to finally like sit yeah. down and like bang it out, like uh, felt really good. Very nice. Um, are you still pursuing improv? Do you like, are you still yeah. working with an improv yeah, team? I, I, uh, my uh, uh, megawatt team, my like house team at, um what uh, you've said mega why yeah sorry it's is. it's the it's what we is it's what they form? call no it's what they call herald night you know how herald night is at ucb okay. is like all like okay. the, sure, sure. it's just their name for their house team night um gotcha. uh sorry okay. <laughs> I, I, was, I was wondering if it was like a cool form oh, that i've never I heard wish. of and it's just a herald no, so, yeah, okay. well yeah i mean like <laughs> mo, uh, teams uh every mega like, one of the differences between magnet and ucb it's just the branding yeah, of the exactly theater. so like gotcha. one like <laughs> Most of the new house teams, improv teams will start out doing heralds, but then they get to like sort of pick their own form. Anyway, they still exist. Mm -hmm. um, they, uh, Metal Boy has been around for like four or five years. I left them last year uh, just because it was like time. I still do improv um, on a weekend show at Magnet called Friday Night Show, uh, which is like where we have the audience write secrets on slips of paper, put them in a bucket. Then we pull them out during the show and do improv uh, based on what they the slips say, um, which is okay. super fun. It's like the least like thinky improv you're going to have to do. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. You know, it's very like visceral. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the improv that I, I uh, I'm doing now. Nice. Uh, any other projects that you're working uh, on? Other than Nitro Girls and Meg's Corners when it yeah, comes no, up? Yeah, uh, no, that's pretty much it. You know, um, as of now, um, yeah, you know, I want to keep, um, the show going. Um, I'm really happy with it. And, um, I think that our, the performances I have done have been really successful. Um, and, uh, I want to keep, you know, I'm excited to get it in front of a non New York audience, like, uh, certainly an <laughs> audience of like people that don't know me, you know, to like really see cause Philly will be the first, like, uh, outside of New York performance of it. So, um, yeah, I'm excited oh, uh, cool. to do it and to show, yeah. show, show a new city, how it works. Very nice. All right. So as we're wrapping up, as we're getting close to the end here, um, I always ask people, I'm always curious as I, you know, if I wasn't curious, why would I do this? <laughs> um, uh, so you've done, you know, you've done sketch basically since, teenager yeah. basically at yeah. camp and writing and all this other stuff and and you but you've never had really any formal comedy oh, that's a weird term uh comedy education at one of the theaters uh but what's something that you've learned from doing sketch comedy that you would pass on to a new oh, writer oh god i mean yeah like i i definitely have never i've never taken a sketch class but i've certainly uh you know had i i've sort of cut my teeth by doing it um, Jesus, mm. I mean, you're, <laughs> here's a piece of advice. Your sketch is always a page too long. Um, <laughs> uh, I think that I've seen that so much in, uh, uh, the New York comedy scene where I'm like, just, there is a page you can cut out of this. And like, I am as guilty of that as anyone. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, there's probably a page you can get rid of probably, uh, and if your sketch is only one page, you can probably get rid of half of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm generally on board with that for sure. I just think, yeah. I mean, like talking about SNL again, I just think, you know, if you get in with your idea and the audience clicks with it 
and you've hit it a couple times, like you're done. And that's like, it's okay. You know, it's okay to, to, even though you have another beat in your head to not put it on paper, you know, to, to walk away. Yeah. There's a very fine line between leaving them wanting more and overstaying your welcome. Uh, You know, uh, almost invisible. Uh, Yeah. Like there's, there's a very hard shot of like getting directly on that line where it's perfect. Yeah. And it's, so always stray towards leaving yeah. wanting more and because in my oh, mind, definitely and because too much is is all is gonna set no matter how good your sketch is if it's a you know if it's too long it's just gonna put uh it's gonna leave them with a sour taste in their mouth and that's like the last thing you want to do you know yeah absolutely and then uh finally i mean it seems like you've been drawn to this since you know first grade and yeah. playing Mrs. Hannigan and Annie Jr., which is still confusing to me in a, in a way. But uh, why comedy? Why has comedy been your pursuit? Oh, God. For the past 15, 20 yeah, something Jesus. years. I mean, uh, it, it, oh, God, it's like, it's sort of like asking, like, why I breathe air. And it's like, because that's, that's mm. just, it's just always, it's just always been there. It's always been the way that I've, um, wanted to express myself it's always been the art form that i understand the most thoroughly um even before i had any sort of formal training um i was like oh i think i get this i think i can see the strings i think i can see like past the writing to the reasons you know and like uh yeah it's always just like clicked with me i mean uh, and like I just, there is no better feeling. I I mean, I can't be the first person on this show to express this thought, but there is no better, better feeling in the world than making an audience laugh than like sitting in laughter that you've created. You know, it is just like, it is the most addictive drug um, that I've ever experienced. And like sometimes the hardest uh, one to get and like, the most devastating when, especially in improv, when you think like, oh, this is a, I'm about to say like a home run line. This is going to set this crowd on fire. Uh, (laughs) And you say it and you get, and you pause. I have like said things in improv and paused (laughs) being like, and now the laughter comes. And when there's nothing, it just like, it is, it just, it can destroy you, you know? And and it is just, it's like uh, um, in, uh, you ever see Star Trek Generations, the one with Malcolm McDowell, where uh, he has the uh, the like a ribbon in space, uh, and whenever you're in the ribbon, you feel like ultimate happiness. And he was like in it once; he's the bad guy in it, and he spends the entire movie like blowing up planets, trying to redirect the ribbon so that he can just experience it again, just for like a few seconds. And I feel like that's what like comedy does to people where it's like you're like i will blow up my entire life (laughs) uh uh, sacrifice so much just to get in that sweet like ribbon of of laughter uh uh again you know uh yeah yeah all right that's i mean yeah you're definitely not the first person to say how good it feels to have someone laugh but like honestly if it didn't, why why would we do this? Why would we do this? It's so For stupid sure. and it's so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> but then at the same time, every like uh, I had a person uh, a long time ago, like he mentioned the word hobby, and he was like, uh, and then he immediately gristled about it. He was like, oh, I don't want to call it a hobby. I was like, um, every person I know that has a hobby is infinitely more passionate. And cares more about their hobby than most everything else oh, in their yeah. life. So this hobby is not a bad word to me for yeah. this. Like I mean, sometimes I wish that like the thing I loved was like building ships and bottles. Uh, you know, like <laughs> something that yeah. like uh, But even that sounds expensive. Yeah, it's probably to me. still expensive. There's no <laughs> way that little ship parts aren't really expensive. But at least you don't like embarrass yourself in a room of a hundred people every once in a while, you know? <laughs> yeah. But then again, it's only a hundred. Like think about it the other way. It's only a yeah. hundred people. Like it could be yeah, way more. Oh God. 
Like I can only dream. I can only uh, dream yeah. to bomb in front of 500 people. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Let's reach yeah, for those right. stars. Let's, <laughs> let's let's make an ass of ourselves in front of as many people as let's like let's make a let's make an ass of ourselves in, in Madison oh, Square Garden. Let's do that. What a let's dream. Go for that. What a dream that would be. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to shit myself oh, in front of Madison's the, the entirety of MSG. <laughs> <laughs> just completely yeah. sneeze just and just myself. Yeah. lose it. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Sam. Well, hey, thanks so much, man. Thanks for having me on. Sam is performing at Philly Sketchfest in his show, A Walking Tour of Mag's Corner at Underground Arts on Sunday, June 2nd in the 6 p.m. block along with All Night Deli and Steve Swan versus Joe Moore. His sketch team, Nitro Girls, are heading to the Austin Sketch Fest on Thursday, May 23rd, in addition to performing every Friday at 7 p.m. at the Magnet Theater in New York City. You can also check him out doing improv in the Friday Night Show every Friday at 8.30 at the Magnet. So you can just go to sketch.improv. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Sam Rogal. S-A-M-R-O-G-A-L. My first sketch is a Philly Sketchfest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com. Follow Philly Sketchfest on Instagram at phillysketchfest. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. Like my first sketch on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This is Josh Iom. Thanks for listening. Now go see some comedy.